إنا فلا مضل له ومن يضل فلا هادي له واشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله ولو كره الكافرون اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على عبدك ونبينا محمد وعلى آل محمد وأصحاب محمد وكل من والاه واتبع هداه واستنى بسنتي ليوم الدين ما بعد. Our praise is surely due to Allah. It is from Allah that we seek our guidance. We ask Allah to forgive us for the evil within ourselves and for the incorrect and wrongdoing amongst our actions. Whomsoever Allah guides, none can lead astray. And whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leads to go astray, none whatsoever can guide or bear witness that, Muhammad, that there is no deity but Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave and messenger whom he sent with the truth and the way that is straight that it may predominate over all other ways by the permission of Allah, though the disbelievers may hate that. Dear believers in Allah, Allah has shown us every way to good and warned us about every way to evil. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden to us every single thing which is harmful, whether it is something we eat or drink or say or do or don't do, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam have pointed us to all the directions of good and the guidance with which I have been blessed is sufficient and complete if only we would turn ourselves to it and direct ourselves with it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَعَوْذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ إِنَّ هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ يَهْجِيلِ الَّذِي هِيَ أَقْوَمِ Verily this recitation directs and guides to that which is most upright. وَيُبَشِّرُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ الَّذِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ الصَّالِحَاتِ And it brings glorious good news to those believers who act accordingly, who act righteousness. أَنَّ لَهُمْ أَجَرًا كَبِيرًا That for them is a huge reward. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that this Qur'an that He sent down as a divine communication to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam surely guides to that which is most just and most right and most beneficial in this life and the hereafter. It is guidance. It is all guidance. And nothing other than it is guidance. It directs us to what is best and just, to the correct path so that we may attain salvation and safety in the hereafter neither to grieve, neither to fear in this world, nor to grieve in the next. Those who take other paths completely or partially indeed have proceeded along a path that is not proper, correct, or beneficial. Dear believers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the evidence from the Quran for all His servants. Indeed, it is a great evidence, even though a lot of people take it lightly and has not given it his due right. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَمَا أَكْثَرُ النَّاسِ وَلَوْ حَرَصْتَ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ Most of mankind, no matter how much you may strive, are not believers or will not believe. 
most of mankind will not believe even if you desire it eagerly. The Quran is with us. It is in our hands. It's on our bookshelves. It is the same Quran which was sent to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and is still with us today just as it was in the hands and the hearts of the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the best generation to ever live. However, the companions of the Prophet took the guidance from the Quran. They accepted it and knew that it guides to that which is most right. They did not neglect it and certainly they did not turn away from it. They did not neglect learning it or practicing it. The Salaf of this nation studied the Quran to take all kinds of good from it. And they used to say, we would never move beyond ten verses until we had learned the recitation, the interpretation, and the application. The Sahaba did not rush to get through the Quran or memorize the whole thing so they could say, Anahatif, so they could say, I have memorized the Quran. Rather, they digested it thoroughly. They would stop and just sit with ten verses for however long it took until they knew those three things. And these three things are what you should try to learn. No matter how little Quran you learn or how much, try to learn those three things. The recitation, the interpretation, and the application. What does it mean to you? What has got to change in you or your actions based on what you just learned from these ten verses? So they took from it the commands of Allah. They went to it eagerly to know what are the orders and what are the prohibitions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put upon us. To know what Allah obliged them to do from what He forbid them from doing. To take from it what Allah informed them of regarding things that are unknown and unseen and the things to believe in and those things to call people to. Because as we've said many times, the Qur'an is two things, or three, you can place it different ways. The Qur'an is khabar and inshat. Khabar means information, inshat means you're being addressed with it. Inshat breaks down into orders and prohibitions. And khabar is various categories. The information consists of information about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His attributes, information about the people that came before us, much of which you would not have known except from the Qur'an, information about our own reality and what is within us, information about what is to come. And all of that is believed by every Muslim and every ayah of inshaf, of order or prohibition is taken seriously by every Muslim. Notice how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, guide to that which is most upright, or that which is most right and just. In the area of belief, the greatest matter is this, in this is worship. And to worship Allah alone, not setting up any partners with Him. And do not oversimplify this in your mind and think, well, there's no stone idols in my house, so I'm fine. Because shirk is many, many levels. And although it's the biggest of them which actually condemns one to the fire forever, there are many levels of shirk beneath that. Merely going to the masjid was part of your intention to be seen by somebody 
or for it to be said of you that you pray in the masjid every time is a form of shirk. The Prophet ﷺ referred to it as the lesser shirk. So this is not something to be taken lightly. You take this from the Quran because it guides you to that which is most right and just and anything else will mislead you to a dark path. A path after which there is great loss in this world and in the next. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides us. He showed us, He directed us in the Quran that His right is that He be worshipped alone with no partner. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَقَدْ أُوْحِيَ إِلَيْكَ وَإِلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ it has been communicated to you and to those who came before you, meaning the previous messengers. If you were to associate anyone with Allah, all of your actions would be nullified. And shall be among the losers. Rather, Allah, you must worship. And be among those who show gratitude. In these verses, Allah is addressing the Prophet that if he worships anything else other than Allah, or sets a partner to Allah, or allows his niya to become divided partially to Allah and partially to something else, then all his deeds will be canceled. And he is the Prophet. The one who has not left any good deed, but he performed it. However, if he were to associate anything with Allah, then all his deeds would be in vain. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَقَدِمْنَا إِلَى مَا عَمِلُوا مِنْ عَمَلٍ فَجَعَلْنَاهُ هَبَاءً مَنْثُورًا And we shall turn our attention to whatever deeds they did, and we shall make it as scattered floating particles of dust. Haba'an mentioned in the verse means when a shaft of light is coming through a window or a hole in the wall and you see the dust particles floating there. Therefore Allah guided people to that which is most just and right. He clarified that in the Quran. He explained it. Even though a servant may be amongst the people of prayer, those who give zakat, those who fulfill the pillars and obligations, and those who do other deeds such as jihad for the sake of Allah, or any other deeds that may bring him closer to Allah. If this person associates anything, then all his deeds would be lost. And he is no better, not be better than the Prophet who is addressed by Allah, that even he, if he associates partners with Allah, all his deeds would be nullified. This is because the right of Allah is greater and more glorified. Yet some people do not take the guidance of the Quran and give some humans an exalted degree in rank, even though they have set partners to Allah and have worshipped other than Him. They thought that this would not take them out of the fold of Islam, nor make them lose their good deeds. Therefore they glorify these people, even though they may be polytheists, and they elevated and exalted their rank, even though they have practiced shirk. Allah has guided us through Muhammad to all that is most just and right. In the Quran, he asserted that anyone who associates anything with Allah, then his deeds will be nullified, even though he may be amongst the righteous, and even if he was a prophet of Allah. Some people think in admiration of other human beings. They think they have a, more of a right without paying attention to the great sin that person may be committing, and not paying attention to the glorified and exalted rights of Allah. 
anyone who worships other than Allah or joins a partner with Allah, then he is the one being addressed by this statement of Allah, Wala in And if you were to associate, he will cancel all of your good deeds. And you will be among the losers. Therefore, let us not be deceived by acts of worship or the fighting of a mujahid, one who fights in the way of Allah, or the one who is a caller to the deen if he has joined others in the worship of Allah. If he does not recognize what ta'ud, anything or anyone, worship or obey instead of Allah or beside Allah. If he does not recognize what is Tawud, he cannot differentiate between it and Tawheed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That is because Allah is the truth. And that to which they call beside him is all falsehood. And Allah is the most high and the most great. Remember this guidance and measure people, individuals, groups, and countries through this great scale which Allah gave us as guidance with the Quran. Allah reminds His Prophet by saying, It has been communicated to you and to those, i.e. messengers, who came before you, if you associate any with Allah, your deeds will be canceled, and you will be among the losers. This is our criteria, not how we feel about something or someone, not, quote-unquote, how they treat us, but rather, what is their relationship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? A Muslim must always desire the people of Tawheed. Oh believers, Allah has guided us with this Qur'an. Allah explained in the Qur'an that obedience to the Prophet is an obligation and that obeying him is just like obeying Allah or is obeying Allah. Allah commanded the messenger to convey the message which he did. He conveyed the commands of Allah and the prohibitions of Allah by means of using verses of the Qur'an or by his sunnah. So don't listen to those people who try to turn you away from the sunnah and they fabricate every lie about it and they say it is man-made. We have a word for hadith which are man-made. They're called mawdur. They're forgeries. And yes, there are some of those. But we're speaking about the Hadith, which is Sahih and Hassan, these are the words of Rasulullah. They came to us by the exact same mechanism through which the Quran came to us. So these naive people, they say, oh, the Quran is the words of Allah and the Sunnah, the fabrication of men. No, the Quran is the words of Allah narrated and passed down to us through human narration and writing. And the authentic sunnah is the words of Rasulullah. And he doesn't speak what he feels like speaking. It is nothing but a communication from Allah. Any word out of the mouth of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa as he said, whether he's angry 
or sad or happy or sleepy, any word that comes out of his mouth about the deen is from Allah. If he tells Aisha radiallahu you can soften my toothstick in your own mouth before I use it. This is not in the deen. This is between Muhammad and his dear wife Aisha. But if the Prophet doesn't tell us anything about the deen, he doesn't speak what he feels like speaking. He can't make any law. He can't make any belief. He can't make anything in the deen. He has no right whatsoever. Whatever he says is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the foolish people will tell you the Quran is the word of Allah and the Sunnah is the word of fabrication of men. The four Sunnah, the Mawdu Hadith, yes, they are the fabrication of men. But the authentic Hadith, the Sahih and the Hassan, these are the words of Rasulullah, the Messenger of Allah, and they are from Allah. Because he doesn't speak what he wants. He speaks what Allah commanded him. Though the expression is from him, the choice of words is from him. In the Sunnah, unlike the Quran, the knowledge is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the Sahaba collected the Quran and memorized it and wrote it down. And they collected the Hadith and they memorized them and they wrote them down. The exact same mechanism. So if people tell you, why do you accept Hadith? And it's just hearsay from people. It's not hearsay. When 72 companions of Rasulullah all reported independently that the Prophet said, Whoever tells a lie about me intentionally, let him prepare for his place in the hellfire. If 72 companions reported this, and more than that in every level after this, there are probably some verses in Quran which are reported by fewer people than that. So they came to us in the same way. It is a falsehood to divide between the words of Allah and the words of His Prophet. And that's why the Prophet, the Allah subhanahu describes those, the ones who desire to distinguish between Allah and between His Messenger, Allah said about them, These are the ultimate Catholics. Those who wish to say, I believe in Allah, but not the Messenger. I accept the Quran, but not the Sunnah. He listened to the Quran. Some people do not accept this guidance. Even when proofs and evidence are given to him. He listened to the Quran, understood what it meant. And there is no doubt to the Quran or the Prophet's understanding of what it means. However, many reject this guidance and don't accept it. Others accept the guidance, but do not practice. Therefore, they fall into the category of those who have deserted the Quran and turned their backs on it. Allah has commanded us to perform the congregational prayer and to give the cat, to perform all the pillars of Islam, fulfill our pledges, keep our promises, pay our debts. He forbade us cheating and misleading, forbade us to take people's money without right from oppressing people in their selves, their wealth, their children, or their honor. Allah commanded us to protect our minds commanded us to be good, kind, just, and generous. All of this is from the guidance to that which is most right and just, that which is upward. Allah commanded the Prophet conveyed all acts of worship, all ways of interaction with one another, and all of that guides to that which is most right and just. Among the things the Prophet conveyed is that Allah made riba, 
prohibited. Allah commanded us that we be just and forbid cheating and deceiving. He commanded us to fulfill the rights of all people and forbid giving or taking bribes. He commanded us to deal with people fairly and equally. He gives us equal opportunities with what they deserve. Concerning interaction, Allah commanded us to deal in a good manner and not to permit the forbidden. The Prophet explained that all conditions and terms not in accordance with the Book of Allah are invalid, even if they be a hundred contracts. Yet some of the Muslims' faith became weak. They neglected and went away from the guidance of the Quran and started dealing in interest as practiced by the disbelievers. They adopted their ways of buying and selling, which is mostly prohibited because it includes things such as deception, oppression, taking people's money and their rights. The Prophet ﷺ forbid us from deceiving people. The scholars say that something being prohibited in Islam means that it is corrupted and harmful. Therefore, any dealing that includes deception in it is a corrupted way of dealing, in other words, invalid. The worthier right or condition to be fulfilled is the right and command of Allah. That is why every condition that is not from the book or command of Allah is null and void, even to be a hundred conditions, as it says in the Hadith. If you look around, you see how many Muslims oppress one another when it comes to wealth. Allah guided us through the Qur'an to that which is most right and just. He guided and clarified to us what we need to know concerning our matters of faith, matters of interaction, business, and worship. However, do Muslims take and accept it? Do they practice according to it when it is in their favor and when it is against them? Are they hesitant as they become weakened by their desires and the influence of both East and West? Allah guided the believers to the Qur'an, which rectifies and reforms their hearts purifies their souls, so that the worshiper would attain tranquility and the relationship with Allah would be based on glorifying Allah. He showed ways to the good and the bad. Some people lower their gaze, stay away from the prohibition from adultery and fornication. However, many others refuse to refrain from the prohibition. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and when you do this, you become weaker and weaker. Until when he sees something forbidden to his eyes, he enjoys it. Then it occupies his heart, and his heart enjoys it. That joy will take the joy away from being with Allah and worshiping Allah. Who said, Say to the believers that they should lower their gaze. And protect their bodies. That is cleaner and more pure for them. Allah is fully informed of all that you do. And say to the believing women also, Let them also lower their gaze. This direction is not just for men. And let them preserve their body. And let them not show their beauty to anyone. Except that which cannot be hidden, uh, meaning the overall size and shape, and something like that. And let them take the tail pieces of the head scarf and cover with it their upper chest and the front of their neck. And let them not display their beauty. Except to their husbands, and then the verse continues to mention all the rest of the maharis, 
in front of which the woman may be uh, not wearing a star. Therefore, he who wants purity and wants to purify himself, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَ He has succeeded, he has succeeded who purifies his own soul. He who wants success through purification, then let him stay as far away as possible from looking at women or women looking at men or from submitting to the desire of that. This is because lowering the gaze will result in light entering your heart. And we Muslims here in America who often think ourselves in some way superior to those Muslims of Muslim origin who we see in their liquor stores and whatever need to step back and take account and just look how rampant is this among us. We have marriages where the bride is pregnant. We have marriages where the bride is not even Muslim or Ahl Kitab, let alone in Muhsanati in Ahl Kitab, let alone a chaste woman from among Ahl Kitab. And yet, sometimes we want to look down our noses at others. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا تَقْرَبُ Do not even approach adultery. إِنَّهُ كَانَ سَاحِشَةً it is surely an abomination in an evil way. And not approaching it means stay away from that which leads to it. Means stay away from the intermingling of the sexes as much as you can. Stay away from the look and the gaze and the greeting which could be going in that direction. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us at the beginning in the Adam Quran, Yahdi Lin this Quran, which we have, which we have, people in this country sign up with the CIA, and the CIA tells them, we, we cover you up. We need you to learn Arabic, to go into this, uh, this or that country and infiltrate this masjid. How long does it take them? Six months? A year? Maybe two at the most? And we Muslims are Muslims for 15 or 20 years. And we neglect it. We can't get to the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except through the Arabic language. You're a Muslim and you're in college. Why would you not be signed up for the Arabic class? Why? How? Even if it delays your graduation of the minute. You're a Muslim. It's there to be had. How can you not be signed up for it? Because we have this book but our benefit from it is little. In the head of Quran, Yahdi and Nathiya Aqwam, the guys do all that is best and most upright. Well, you watch it in Mu'mineen, and it has great tidings for the believers. Al-Ladina Ya'maluna Salihat, those who act according and act in the righteousness. Abu'la Falihada, Mustafa Allah, Al-Abu'la, Liwa Lakum, Fastawfiru, Inna Huwa Tawabu Yes, it is glad tidings to those who are sincere and follow the example of the Prophet in their actions and take his guidance through the Quran and through the Sunnah. Those who purge in themselves all that which is not in accordance with his guidance. Those who make a real effort to move 
to the example of Rasulullah. They have glad tidings in this life and in the hereafter. Allah guided and directed us in the Quran to fulfill the rights of others, to stay away from intoxicants, to enjoy good and forbid evil, and to follow the Sunnah of the Prophet in obedience to Allah and His Messenger. He guided and encouraged us to do good and take the path which leads to paradise. He guided, directed, warned us, and clarified to us things that would lead us to the hellfire so we could avoid them. He guides us to things which cleanse our hearts and our souls. So what are Muslims going to do? Are they going to accept the guidance of the Quran and the Sunnah? Are they going to continue to follow their desires until they reach what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said somewhere in these verses to come? يَقُولُ رَبِّي أَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ حَمَزَاتِ الشَّيَاطِينِ He says, O oh my Lord, I seek refuge in you from the whispering of the devil. وَعُوذُ بِكَ رَبِّي أَنْ يَحْبُرُونَ And I seek refuge in you, O oh Allah, O oh my Lord, lest they possess me and drive me to do something I should not. حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءَ أَحَدَهُمُ الْمَوْتِ قَالَ رَبِّ الْجِعُونَ Until death comes to one of them, and he says, Oh my Lord, send me back. Perhaps this time I will act righteously and that which I left behind. No, it is a word and he is its speaker. And the reference here, as we know from the narrations of Tafsir, the reference to this word of what he is the speaker is found in another verse in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says I will surely still have fire with men and jinn all together when the man says send me back maybe I'll do better this time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says no it is the word and I am the speaker and lurking behind them is the purgatory, is the grave, is the waiting place until the day when they will be resurrected. When the horn is sounded, there are no more relationships of blood. There's no relatives, there's no brother, there's no mother, there's no father. And no one asks another one anything. So whoever has a heavy scale, whoever's deeds are filled up, these are the ones who will succeed. And whoever's scale is not very full. He passed through this life but didn't do too much. Didn't do the good deeds he should have done. These are the ones who have lost themselves. In the hellfire forever. The flames of the fire burn off their faces. And they are stuck therein. Dear brothers and sisters, this is indeed a serious and dangerous matter. Sit down each night and think about your scale. How many did you put in the bad side or the frivolous side? or the useless side, 
and how many did you put in the good side? Did you fix their relationship with a Muslim? Did you help two other Muslims fix their relationship? Did you show someone a good example? Did you show someone kindness who treats you badly? Did you do these things from the Sunnah of Rasulullah? Or did you just fluff through another day playing and working and eating and drinking? The matter of life is not something simple. But think how short life is. And that the hereafter is your actual life. It is the real life. The eternal life that does not end. Therefore, if you favor this life over that one, you are not a person with any intelligence. And you do not know what is good for you. Think, ponder, and reflect on what will be the cause of your salvation on the day of judgment. Always reflect on the Quran. Go to it. Benefit from it. And if don't go to it by yourself. Seek from the ulama of this, of this ummah, whatever you can find, whether it's recorded, whether it's in a masjid. Seek the real knowledge, because if you go by yourself, and especially if you go to the translation, you may mislead yourself instead of guiding yourself. Obey Allah and His Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, for in this is the great success and salvation. Oh Allah, make us among those who listen. Make us among those who follow and practice and implement the best of what they have heard. Make us among those who accept the guidance of the Quran and work and practice upon it. And do not make us among those who neglect it, reject it, abandon it, turn away from it, and forget about it. Do not make us among the ghafilin. Oh Allah, don't let us be among the heedless. We seek refuge in you from heedlessness and ignorance and forgetfulness. You are the most merciful and the most generous. Amen.
Allahu Akbar. 